This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Fitz goes up and makes the game-winning catch! Larry Legend does it again! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Here we go. This is it. Caught by Kirk at the 20, at the 10. Touchdown! Oh, baby. How's that fail? Here's Craig Grealoux, Mike Jarecki, and Bertrand Berry. Once upon a time, gentlemen, the Cardinals stood 5-2. and two, Entered the bye week on a high, beating the Seahawks 37-34 in overtime. Sitting very comfortably in the playoff picture and near the top of the NFC West. Yet what has happened after the bye week? And now Cardinals in the midst of a 1-4 and four stretch, including the last three games Sunday. The latest setback, losing to the Rams, 38 to 28 we have a lot to discuss specifically about the offense the defense as well but b train big picture 60 minutes against the rams it did not look good early a little bit better in the second half but overall what did you see and uh how do you make or understand or put a finger on what is going on specifically about this cardinals team the one thing that I saw at the beginning of the game, I, I felt like the offense had a good rhythm that first drive. They went right down and scored, and I, and I really felt like they were going to really reverse the fortunes that they've had against the Rams because it, it hadn't been pretty the last, six, the last six games against the Rams. But unfortunately, other than that first drive, there was not really much to speak of from the offensive standpoint. And uh, I look at special teams again. You had a, yet another missed field goal. There were just so many missed opportunities throughout the course of this game. You, you just cannot – failed to miss on those chances given to you by a division opponent. Uh, this was a bad loss. Uh, it was a, a division game. It was a game at home. And it was also a game against a team that had had a lot of success against this team in recent history. So uh, there is a lot to, to, to work on. And uh, there's still time, but time is running out. Those two words, missed opportunities, MJ, we've been using those two words quite a bit recently and it is something that the Cardinals might look back at the end of this season and say yeah what could have been because it's just a handful of plays every single game although that is the case across the league and then there is that cliche any given Sunday in fact we've seen it in the last couple of days with Washington beating the Steelers with the Giants going in and beating the Seahawks in Seattle so every team has the opportunity but as B-Train said these opportunities for the Cardinals are getting fewer and fewer. Yeah I mean you talk about five and two and six and three and you know I like the way the Cardinals defense started off I mean Jared Goff was five for ten in his first two series he missed three consecutive throws and if you look at that game uh, I was reading something earlier today there were 253 yards after catch so it wasn't like he was spinning the ball down the field now they were working with obviously Robert Woods and and he threw in um, Cooper Cup and then Gerald Everett they targeted him early in that game but 
you got to give them credit because uh, I thought you know they won with their offensive line and their defensive line, and that's usually where the game's won in the trenches. Jared Goff overall, 37 of 47, 351 yards. He had a touchdown pass and a touchdown run. On the other side, Kyler Murray just 173 yards passing 171 week ago. We'll get into the offensive struggles in a moment, but overall, this Cardinals team right now, 6-6, six and six, and on the outside looking in, they are the 8th seed in the NFC. We talked about that 5-2 and two start. Here's Kyler Murray on what has happened to this team since that game beating the Seahawks on October 25th. I think uh, we kind of hit a wall offensively. That first half of the season, we were it was kind of effortless. Uh, we were you know we were moving the ball, you know having fun, playing fast and stuff like that. And now we just kind of when you face a little bit of adversity, uh, how we react, how we adjust, um, which we ended up doing, but it was just a little too late. We've been in those games, and I think it's just uh, we just got to find a way to execute. You know when we have to, we haven't done that. The 10-point deficit matching a season high. They lost by 10 to the Panthers, so Murray is right. They've been every in every single game this season, yet at the same time it's, well, as he said, hitting a wall, and this team needs to get over that wall and get over it in a hurry. Yeah, the last three games, I mean, Kyler Murray's passing average is 204 yards. He's rushed the ball 16 times for uh, 15 times for 61 yards. And during the first nine games of the season, the Cardinals were averaging 23.9 points per game. Um, Kyler Murray was averaging 67 uh, rushing yards, and, and really they were averaging about three touchdowns a game. Right now they're averaging about 1.5 touchdowns per game in the last three games. Cardinals on Sunday, B-Train did something no team has done before against the Ram, and, and that is score consistently three second-half touchdowns, yet – the defense wasn't able to get a stop after any one of those scores outside of that last touchdown, which was more of a meaningless score with 2.04 to go. And it's a phrase, once again, that complimentary football. The offense scratches the defense's back, the defense scratches the offense back, and we didn't get that on Sunday. No, we didn't. And, and in the second half, you, you look at the, the time where there were four straight three and outs for this Cardinals offense. You, you cannot afford to have that. You have to be able to give your defense – a break, give them an opportunity to get to the sidelines and see what they've done uh, on the film and, and be able to make adjustments. And when you're having such quick drives and you're giving the ball right back to the opposing offense, it puts a lot of stress on your defense. And I think ultimately the defense wore down a little bit in the second half, and, and it was due to just being on the field way too much. And I think uh, with, the, with the offense, they do have to play that complimentary football, but, but uh, putting their, their defense in a, in, on a short field – and, and asking them to go out there time and time again to bail them out, uh, they, they've got to figure something out. Yeah, to that point, B-Tran, the Cardinals' defense on the field for almost 23 minutes in the first half. Remember, 30 minutes total in the first half. So you can see, to B-Train's point, that defense really got tired and it played a factor in the second half. Kyler Murray talking about this 1-4 and four stretch, and he himself brings up that phrasing complimentary football. You know, little mistakes here and there, turnovers, whether, you know, penalties, stuff like that, not playing complimentary football, um, that gets you beat. It's kind of just who we are right now. It's just not, it's not finding a way. 
four games left to go, MJ, and this team specifically, I think it's the offense. Everyone's going to point to the offense because we've seen scoring up across the league. You've got to be able to hit that 30-point mark consistently. This team did at one point five straight games of scoring 30 or more points, but they have not done it during this last three-game losing streak. Yeah, and, and, you know, if you go back to the winning streak and when they were the number one uh, team when it came to total yards, they were still in the top two or three rushing the football. Um, the offensive line hasn't played up to par, in my opinion. They're not getting the, the, to the second level when it comes to Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. And, you know, I I, I, I don't think you can change your scheme during the season, though, but you got to make some tweaks to, to this offense. And, you know, a lot of conversations about should Murray be under center on those fourth and third and one or fourth and one. You know, I did ask Cliff the other day because I noticed DeAndre Hopkins lined up in the slot. He didn't really want to get into it. He just said we try to we always want to find ways to get Hopkins involved. But I think you got to move him around. And I like to see some slant passes and some crossing routes. You know, I get these bubble screens, but you got to you got to take some shots down the field. And obviously, you got to get protection. But I I think Murray's pressing right now, and I think. You know, the fact is that, you know, he still wants to make throws inside the pocket, but with this mush rush, they're keeping him in the pocket, and he's not able to get to the outside, and they're flattening when he tries to go to the sideline. So, uh, again, they they got to tweak something in this offense if they want to be successful over the next four weeks. The question is what, and we will have to wait and see until we see the Cardinals next in action. That is coming up on Sunday at the New York Giants. You look at what this offense has done of the four lowest yardage totals this season. Three have come during this three-game losing streak with a season-low 232-yard effort against the Rams on Sunday. Despite all of that, head coach Cliff Kingsbury trying to remain optimistic. I mean, you're going to go through slumps and you're going to have um, times when, when you're not as, as sharp as you'd like to be. And uh, I still believe we can play at a high level offensively and score a lot of points and uh, make a lot of first downs. We just weren't very sharp coaching or playing. There is an up and down nature, a roller coaster, if you will, be trained about the NFL season. And if that's the case, that's fine. It's where it's happening right now for the Cardinals in the midst of a playoff run late November, early December, where games get magnified and people start scoreboard watching and wanting to know whether this team is going to be playing into January. And I think that's where a lot of the frustration and a lot of the angst is coming from. Yeah, there is a lot of, of, of frustration, but you really can't, as a player and, and as a coaching staff, you can't afford to scoreboard watch. you got to be focused on what's going on on the field. You can't worry about what other teams are doing in other locations. You've got to win the games that are in front of you. And, and we just saw Sunday uh, they weren't able to do that. So now you start to lament in December those games that you gave away, the, the Detroit Lions game, the Carolina Panthers game. Those are games that you really should have won and, and, and you came up short. And when you start talking about playoff positioning, uh, those are the games that you look back to and you just you think, damn, we, we should have had that win. And, and had we had that win, we'd be looking much better than what we are right now. So I, I know this team, they can do it. It's just a matter of everybody collectively putting their heads together, getting in those meeting rooms, getting on the practice field, and working out those, those mistakes and, and making sure that uh, those are things of the past and that they don't bring into the last four games of the season. You know, what's I don't know if it's perplexing, but they added DeAndre Hopkins on offense. They pretty much had the same five offensive linemen. They are rotating in the previous game. Um, you know, you brought back Kenyon Drake. Um, you, you know, Dan Arnold had an entire offseason. I mean, you would think this offense, and, and, and again, I want to make this very clear, 
um, I think Cliff and Kyler are still learning, you know, and, but here you are in December and the Cardinals last year in the month of December really excelled to gave some optimism going into the off season. So it's just, it's kind of mind boggling that all you did was add to Hopkins and you're still kind of struggling right now to, to get the passing game going, so to speak. Did this team peak too early? Perhaps that needs to be asked as we talk about that five and two start and now one and four since the message though with four games left here's head coach cliff kingsbury this is nfl football these guys know we're six and six we have a month left guaranteed and anything can happen um we have good leadership and and guys are uh they're going to continue to work hard you know about leadership in the locker room, B-Train. You know several of the leaders in that Cardinals locker room. What is the message amongst the players as opposed to what the head coach and the assistants might be telling the rest of the roster? They're telling them, look, this is our legacy. This is our team. Yes, the coaches are coaching, and that's their job, but this is our legacy. Those coaches are going to go on and coach even when we retire. So this is, this is our legacy, and we have to make sure that we do everything that we can to, to make sure that, that this is something that we can look back and be proud of. Don't, don't cut a meeting short. Don't, don't not uh, watch film that you could have watched. Do everything that you can, uh, lift those weights, run those extra sprints, do whatever you can to make sure that you are prepared to go because this is a four-week sprint. It's a four-week sprint to the finish, to the finish line, and you've got to make sure that every stone is unturned that, that it's overturned, that you make sure that you can uh, look back and say, hey, we gave it everything that we have because if there's something left in the tank and you come up short, that's going to be something you have to take for the rest of your life. Justin Pugh said it after the loss at New England. We heard Patrick Peterson echo similar thoughts after losing to the Rams, and that is talking about those players in the locker room. We will find out who we are, what we are made of, if they are able to overcome this rough patch and make sure the slide doesn't keep continuing to go to where they are certainly what would have been a successful season looks like a lost season here in 2020 update to the latest version of the cardinals mobile app today the app features an all-new redesigned home screen experience visit azcardinals.com app for more more on the offense and the struggles not only sunday but the previous two Sundays on top of what we saw against the Rams. It's perplexing because this offense we know and has shown to be so much better. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report on a Tuesday here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Trips left, shotgun snap, Murray quick throw to the left side and it's caught at the goal line and into the end zone for the touchdown is DeAndre Hopkins. The Cardinals went for it on fourth and 12 at the Ram 40, they got it. Now they get into the end zone and man, are they back in the game with four minutes to go in the third. DeAndre Hopkins who lined up as the number three receiver. All he did is run the out. The ball was thrown on time, touchdown. One of Hopkins' eight catches on Sunday, and at that point, the Cardinals were within three, 17-14, with four minutes to go in the third quarter. You heard the play call from Dave Pash, fourth and 12 at the 40-yard line, converted with Keyshawn Johnson catching the ball right at the sticks, a 12-yard gain to keep that drive going. Cardinals, unfortunately, though, yes, they were able to punch it in, but could not overcome the rest of the drives 
in the second half, and they lose 38-28. to As we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, Craig Riolu, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry, before we go any further with regards to the offense, B-Train, the decision from head coach Cliff Kingsbury to go forward on 4th and 12. Now, we've seen him go for it, roll the dice on 4th down before. He's now 11 of 15. That's one of the better marks in the league, but... 12 yards to get a first down. I can understand three, four, five, six, seven, maybe even eight yards, but fourth and 12, whew, that was risky for me. Yeah, it's risky, but he has the ultimate confidence in his offense, and he believes that no matter what, if he puts them in position to, to be successful, they're going to go out and do just that. And, and some people may say, hey, take the point. Some people may say, hey, play it safe. Uh, everybody wants to talk about analytic, analytic this, analytic that. Look, use your gut, use what you trust, what your eyes see, and, and know that you, you've coached these guys all year. You know what they're capable of, and he is trusting his teammates or his, his players. And I think there is a certain synergy that, that goes in between that uh, with Coach Kingsbury and that team and that they, they know that that's not usually what happens. So when, when those situations arise, I think when it, when it goes well, it actually works in the favor uh, of this team having that overall trust in him and, and he and them. So um, even though it may be risky, he has a, a, an idea of what this team is capable of doing. And until further notice, I'm just going to ride with him because, as you said, 11 out of 15 times, it's worked out. It was a 15-play, 75-yard drive. Murray on that possession, MJ, 6 of 8 for 46 yards, two carries for 11 yards, obviously the best drive at that point in the ballgame for the Cardinals on offense, and it was a different-looking drive because we saw more of the up-tempo that we typically see late in ballgames. Yeah, and I think you know in the second half, uh, maybe some of the halftime adjustments, Murray was holding on to the ball a little bit, listening to Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley in the first half, and maybe in the second half, um, he was getting the ball a little bit quicker. Um, they obviously had a fourth and twelve, as you mentioned. They had to pick up three first downs in that drive, but that's that's a drive you want. Fifteen plays, seventy-five yards, about six twenty-three off the clock, and, and they're able to cut the game to seventeen fourteen. It was their only possession of the third quarter, the first possession of the second half. We talked about that up tempo. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury explaining why they went that direction in the third quarter. We felt like with how things were going, we needed to, to create a spark somehow. Probably could have gotten to it sooner, obviously, looking back, but I thought he came out and handled it well, got us back in the ball game, and unfortunately we weren't able to uh, close it out. Now we've seen this up-tempo and going with four, five wide receivers before. Kingsbury, though, the next day on Monday said, yes, it's a possibility, but don't get in the habit of seeing it so often because it's, as we saw in 2019, it's just not something that can be successful long-term consistently in the NFL. Yeah, it, it, the whole idea when you go four wide, you got to protect the edges. But, yeah, I mean, it you can't do it all the time. And plus, you can't go three and out where you're putting your defense back on the field. So, I mean, there are times you're in your two-minute offense, four-minute offense. But I do like when they go with the hurry up because, you know, if they're not making substitution uh, pattern or, you know, obviously the opponent can't bring anybody else in. So they feel numbers-wise that, that obviously may be – uh, when you look at matchups. So, yeah, you can't do it all the time, but I, I definitely thought it, it gave him a little spark, though. And it certainly helps be trained when you don't have penalties, you don't have tackles for loss, and you're playing behind the sticks. It's certainly an offense that has been predicated and been very successful here under Kingsbury when you don't have those mistakes during the course of a drive. 
Without question. And I think the one element, too, that's missing is Kyler Murray's legs. I think they miss the fact that he, when he runs with the football, this offense is a little more scary. And I know he came out and said he doesn't need to run for this, this offense to really go, but I disagree. I think Kyler Murray, his, his ability to be that dual-threat quarterback, I think that's the missing piece and why they've struggled so much here recently. I don't know if it's because of the injury that he suffered against Seattle, up there in Seattle, but uh, whatever reason it is, uh, we have not seen him run the way he did in the first part of the season, and this offense has not looked the same since he has not been running with the football. You're exactly right. Five carries for 15 yards, as long as seven. All right, B-Train, for, for Craig and I um, and our listeners out there, when when we talk about a mush defense where they're not trying to sack him, but they're trying to keep him in the pocket, you know, how do you attack that? Well, if you attack, the way that you attack that is, is, is you get timing and you get rhythm and you get the ball out of your hands uh, in, in a way that uh, you can anticipate those, those defensive linemen being where, where they're going to be. They're going to be on the outside. And you can tuck the ball under, under your arm and you can take off with it. And uh, you can have called draws where you're, you're hitting it quick, like you make a, a really quick decision and, and – while those guys are in that mush rest, they're also going to be locked up with those offensive linemen. So that gives them an opportunity to block them up and have a hat on a hat. So uh, there, there are ways to, to offset that, but you have to make sure that everybody's on the same page with that. And, and, and for Tyler, he's got to make it up in his mind that, yes, my legs are going to be uh, part of what, what gives us ultimate success on the offensive side of the ball. When he carries the ball fewer than eight times, the Cardinals are 0-5. That magical mark of eight, seven games, he has carried the ball at least eight times or more, and the Cardinals are 6-1 and one in those contests. Murray also, after the game on Sunday, talked about being better on first and second down in addition to what he might be able to do running the football because certainly if you're successful on first and second down, it certainly makes drives easier as you go along. We didn't have much success on uh, you know, those early downs, which obviously gets you on a rhythm, gets you going. So uh, you know, when we're clicking, we're, we're, we're better on those downs and you know, we, we, we're overcoming you know, those penalties and stuff like that. So it's just uh, we got to flip the switch. Cardinals 4 of 12 on third down. All four of those conversions, MJ, in the second half. And to Murray's point about being better on first and second down, Cardinals were 0 of 6. They had six third downs of nine or more yards to gain. Well, they, I mean, you, you want to be in a manageable third and three, third and four, because now you have options. And, you know, I, I do think when you look at the play-by-play sheet, you know, teams are throwing the ball more on first and second down. And so if you don't pick up uh, positive yards, you know, all of a sudden now you're at third and, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten. So, and, and those are difficult because they're going to tee off with their ears back and try to get after the quarterback. But teams are throwing the ball more on first and second down, though. A lot of that unsuccess uh, or I should say a lack of success on third down happened in the first half the four straight three and outs the offense just couldn't do anything after that initial opening drive in which Dan Arnold had the 59 yard touchdown catch Murray asked about that four straight three and out performance just kind of you know kind of kept stalling out just uh it's a very unusual feeling you know you kind of you you just don't know what to say because, like I said, I'm not used to that. But, again, we're not used to that as an offense. You know, we, we've been pretty successful thus far. Uh, we just, we just got to be better. Now it needs to be pointed out, B-Train, the Rams entered Sunday's game 
with a league-best forcing 32 three-and-outs. And that Rams defense overall, very good. Patriots defense under Bill Belichick, very good. Seahawks defense, Pete Carroll, very good. Yeah, the opponent plays a factor in this, so how do you weigh that balance as far as whether it's the Cardinals' lack of execution or what the team on the other side of the field is doing? Well, you just have to take what they give you. And a lot of times there's going to be a, a, a hole in a defense. Not all defenses are perfect. They can all be beaten. But you have to be able to find that, 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 that weak link. And the last couple games, the Cardinals have just not been able to find that weak link in the defense. And uh, when you start talking about great defenses, great defenses usually have great fronts. And the one thing that the, the Los Angeles Rams have, they have a great front led by that, that the guy in the middle. So we, I, we, we know who he is. But when you start talking about how they're able to dictate games, if you can control the line of scrimmage, then that offsets any type of defense that they may throw at you, whether they're aggressive, whether they sit back in coverage. It really doesn't matter. And that's going to be the big thing. I think the front is going to have to make sure that they're committed to being dominant up front and, and, and pushing those opposing fronts for the, the, the other team's defense around. And uh, until they can get back to that, which we've seen at times during the course of this season, uh, they're going to continue to have struggles. Cardinals entered Sunday's game with the number two ranked offense and eighth best scoring offense, but they were facing a Rams defense that was number two overall and number three in allowing the fewest points, just under 20 a contest. So advantage defense on Sunday. And once again, it's been a consistent theme each of the past three games. This team not able to score enough points. DJ Humphreys asked by what's going on or asked about why things are happening the way they are. I don't know if surprise is the word, but definitely knowing all the tools that we have, uh, you know, we just got to find a way to, to win these games and get stuff going as an offense. We can't have three and outs like that. You know, we got too much talent on our offense to do that. So we just got to put all the pieces together as a unit and get it done. You know, I don't think it's really a, a science to it or anything like that. It's just us locking in and, and getting our job done. He's right. You have the talent. You've got the quarterback. You've got the offensive line. You've got the running back. You've got the wide receiver. You've got one of the best wide receivers in the game in DeAndre Hopkins. Yes, Larry Fitzgerald has been out the past two games, but these offensive issues, MJ, were happening before number 11 was sidelined. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, you got to get more from Christian Kirk. I mean, he dropped the touchdown pass a week before. I think he was targeted three times, maybe one catch. Um, Andy Isabella is kind of inconsistent, but I, I think having Fitz back, and hopefully we hear something in the next 24 hours, I think it, just a leadership standpoint. And also, you know, we know Larry doesn't get separation, but he's able to find the sticks, and he's able to block in the run game, and I don't think he gets enough credit for that. Um, if they want to go to 11 personnel, he's out there. But some of the other guys have to step up. And, you know, Dan Arnold stepped up. But, you know, you need more out of Kenyon Drake. You need more out of Chase Edmonds. And, you know, you need more out of Christian Kirk. I mean, there was a time where he had three to four or five touchdowns in, a, in maybe a you know a month or six-week span. And uh, he, he hasn't played a, a, like he was earlier in the season. Yeah, Kirk targeted only three times, had one catch for two yards the past two games. Just four catches for 21 yards and no touchdowns. In fact, he's been held without a touchdown over the last four games, and he leads the team with six touchdowns this season as far as touchdown receiving on 2020. So, yeah, the offense needs to get back in gear. We'll see if that happens this week. Subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. 
Listen to your favorite shows on the go, like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, and, of course, this show, The Cardinals Red Sea Report. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. We have hit halftime here on this edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. When we come back, the defense, not without their own issues. We'll get to that on the other side. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Quick snap, Goff drops back to throw, fires near side, Everett wide open, caught at the 30, 35, 40, and up to the 45. What happened there? Gain of over 20 on third down and 11. Boy, that could be a killer right there. That is absolutely brutal. Somebody blew an assignment. I have no idea who it was. The Cardinals were playing zone, but boy, Pat P is fired up about it. That's terrible. Third and 11. You have a chance to get off the field. You got all kinds of momentum. And now they get a first down and they get to milk the clock with 11 and a half to go, leading by three. Brutal. One week ago, it was a third and 12. Sunday, third and 11. As you heard Dave Pash and Ron Wolfley describe it, the Rams convert. Daryl Henderson scores a 38 yard touchdown in the lead to 10, 31-21 after the Cardinals had just cut it to three on a Kenyon Drake touchdown run with 13-21 to go. We go back to that phrase, complimentary football, the defense inability in the second half to come up with a stop to get the offense back on the field. As we welcome you back here to the Cardinals Red Sea Report, second half action, Craig Reel, Mike Jarecki, and Bertram Berry. And I know Vance Joseph says it every single time, B-Train, and you brought it up at the start of the show, the time of possession, how much time the defense was on the field. Almost 39 minutes, the Cardinals defense on the field on Sunday, yet we'll hear from Vance Joseph this week, and he'll say, look, anytime we're on the field, our job is to get off the field, no matter how many times we are asked, yet I'm sure those players were feeling it, especially there in that fourth quarter. Oh, without question, they were they were a little gassed, and and that's just the nature of the game. When you're on the field for that much uh, time, you're, you're going to feel it, and and that's just part of the deal. Uh, there are going to be games where the offense is going to really let you off the hook, and and you're on the sideline sipping water and and talking about whatever. So it's just the ebb and flow of the season. But the one thing that that is disappointing the most about the defensive part of the of the game is third down. We, we talked about complimentary football. Well, this is the wrong type of complimentary football where you see the offense struggled on third down to, to convert. The defense also had their share of, of failing to convert on third down and, and getting the ball back to the offense. So uh, there was uh, lots of responsibility for, for these recent losses and the defense has to take their fair share. Yeah, they played well at times, but they haven't played well enough in order to to get wins ultimately, and so as long as there as, as long as that's the case, you still have to look inwardly and 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 own up to what you could have done to uh, overall affect the game in a more positive way for your team. You know, I think time of possession sometimes can be misleading, but they ran seventy nine plays, so they were efficient. They were nine of 60 percent on third down. As B Train pointed out, the Cardinals were only four for twelve for thirty three percent. So. They took advantage of uh, of obviously some drives, but when you're on the field close to 80 plays, um, you know time of possession is going to definitely wear down your defense. And almost half of those third downs were manageable third downs. The Rams six of seven when it was third 
or four yards or less, and that's something that you have to be able to get off the field, even if it is third and short. The Rams did what they wanted to do against the Cardinals defensively. Here's Patrick Peterson. They did a great job of uh, keeping our eyes busy, you know, misdirection, boots, screen passes, screens to the running back, to the tight end, to the receiver. You know, for as a defense, we just have to make sure, like I talked about not too long ago, just you know, fall back on our on our bases, you know, making sure that our eyes are right, making sure that our leverage is right. You know, those are things that, that fall back on us. Rams MJ punted only once, and that was in the first quarter. Yeah, and, you know, at some point you got to get a stop and get them out three and out and force them to punt. Now, you know, when you watch the Rams and you watch the 49ers, uh, you can go back to Mike Shanahan. Um, that's where this offense really started. And you're starting to see more teams do it. A lot of motion, a lot of shifting. And, you know, that's what Kyle Shanahan and and Sean McVay, you could see that they learned that uh, possibly when they were in Washington. So, yeah, I mean, your your eyes are very important when you're trying to, you know, defend a play. Um, But they do so much shifting in motion where you're going to have some miscommunications. Rams had 463 yards of total offense, 119 on the ground, but it was 38 points that they scored that you look at at the end of the day. In fact, that was a season high and the first time that they had hit the 30-point mark since week five. Really, as much as the defense played B-Train, they have to be able to get off the field and do a better job. And they had an opportunity, and they know what this Rams offense is going to do, and they still weren't able to come up with a stop. It really comes back to that discipline and, and eye candy. That's that's what they want to do. They want to get you looking at, at, at what's happening before the snap. And, and all that's really doing is giving them information as to what kind of coverage you're in, what kind of fronts that you're trying to run, and so that they can uh, out-leverage you. And so uh, if you're not disciplined in your eyes and you're not disciplined in your alignment, you're going to have problems. And, and too many times during the course of that game, you saw that come back to bite them. And, and when you have to put your hand in the ground – 60, 70-plus times as a defensive lineman, that is a bad, bad sign because you only have so many snaps in you per game as a big guy. And when you have to devote yourself to to getting in that stance that many times, that's usually not a good sign for you. And when you look at it, I mean, your two top uh, tacklers were Buda Baker, who sometimes plays in the slot, but Chris Banjo. I mean, between those guys, they had 22 tackles. You want to have somebody in your front seven making those tackles. And Campbell had seven tackles. Pecco had seven tackles. Jordan had six. But the fact that two of your safeties – uh, love the team in tackles. That's probably not a good sign. Yeah, that means your opponent, in this case the Rams offense, is getting to the second and even the third level, and that's what you don't want to see. I mean, it's going to happen, but sure. certainly to that extent, the double-digit tackles for Baker and Banjo, good for them, but uh, overall the defense needed to be able to get some more stops in this contest on Sunday. They'll have another opportunity against a Giants team coming up on this Sunday again. It's now a four-game sprint to the finish line. Patrick Peterson on what's at stake coming up this week. We always say the, the next game is big, but this is huge for us because you know now we're on a what a three-game losing streak, and we got to find a way to get out of that funk. You know, we, like I said, we got four games left for us to lay it all on the line. You know, this is going to really show how important the game is to the guys on this team. We'll get into the Giants specifically in our next segment. But, B-Train, when you are on this run, and it's a 
wrong side of a run, meaning you're in the midst of a losing streak and things aren't going well, whether it's offense, defense, special teams, or the entirety of the team. How difficult is it to try to snap out of it? And you can say everything, but you need to be able to do it on the football field. It's not too difficult, Craig. But the thing that you have to do is you got to get back to the basics. You got to simplify the game. You got to go back to elementary football. I mean, it comes back to, to tackling. It comes back to seeing what you hit. It comes back to catching the ball and, and learning to do the fundamentals all over again. And I think too many times people get caught up in game plans and they get caught up in, in theories and, and analytics and all this other stuff. How do you prepare? How do you line up? How do you tackle? How do you rush the passer? All those little technique things that you've done to get yourself in the position to, to be in the NFL, you've got to get back to it. And I know for Vance Joseph and, 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 the, and, and the offense, they, they've got to figure out how to simplify the game at this stage in the, in the season because it, it's not about the scheme that's going to get you these wins. It's about who is going to be available and when those guys are available, can they go out there and, and execute what you've called? And, and you've got to make it as simple as you possibly can. There's the key word right there, MJ, execution. As much as we say it on the offensive side, you can just as well say it defensively. Are you where you're supposed to be, and then are you doing your job? Yeah, and, you know, I, I think Peckle's been a nice addition. You know, they, they've rotated some guys on the defensive line. It, 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 listen, every team deals with injuries, but you're talking about two captains that are out for the year and Corey Peters and Chandler Jones, and we knew that happened early. And Corey Peters, um, you know, maybe in the last three or four weeks. But, you know, they they got to get more production out of Devondre Campbell. And, you know, I think Reddick um, teams are, 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 you know, IDing him now, so he's not able to get to the quarterback as much. And, and they come in bunches. And then Marcus Golden, I love the way he plays. Kennard's not getting as many reps. So they got to find out what their mixture is. And, and when you get to this point in the year, it's, whoever's playing the best, you're going to get more playing time. Well, here's another stat on the defensive end as far as – Getting to the quarterback, your leaders in sacks, Hassan Reddick with five, Dennis Gardeck with three. I'm not exactly sure. In fact, I know for a fact that's not how it was dialed up at the beginning of the season. Gardeck uh, played three plays. He had three pressures. Maybe needs more pl- more playing time. And it was his sack in the first quarter that helped get the Rams off the field and their one and only punt when he got to golf on third and nine but we turn the page it is now looking at week 14 and a matchup at the new york giants the cardinals second straight or i should say second trip overall this season to new york for a game at metlife stadium we will talk about the surging giants on the other side this is the arizona cardinals radio network Edmonds off the left side. He's got a crease at the 15, the 10, the 5, touchdown. It's a draw play. Evans straight ahead, 20, 15. Breaks a tackle at the 10, into the end zone for his second touchdown. Hand off to the left side. Edmonds, he's got room at the 20, the 10, the 5. He's in again. The hat trick. Third touchdown run. The first two went for 20 apiece. This one goes for 22 yards. After Peterson had a towel, and he was waving the towel at Chase Edmonds as if to put out a fire. 
Three touchdowns last year at MetLife Stadium against the Giants. You add in the touchdown that Edmonds had earlier this season against the Jets at MetLife Stadium. Four touchdowns, all of 20 or more yards for Chase Edmonds. What does he have in store for the Cardinals coming up this Sunday when the Cardinals play at the Giants? 11 a.m. is the kickoff. 6.30 a.m. the pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. Obviously, the Cardinals need a win, and they are facing a team in the New York Giants, MJ, that, uh, well, maybe before Washington's victory over the previously undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers had the biggest win of the season as far as upsets and that was not only beating the Seahawks but going into Seattle and beating the Seahawks and right now the uh, first place Giants have won four in a row first time since 2016 and just a second time since 2012 um, you know they won with the backup quarterback Alfred Morris had a couple touchdowns in that game they ran the ball with Wayne uh, Galman for a combined for 191 yards and they made Russell Wilson pedestrian in that game just eight weeks ago, they lost to the Cowboys to fall to 0-5, and, and they win on Sunday without Saquon Barkley and no Daniel Jones, who was inactive because of a hamstring injury. Backup Colt McCoy leading the Giants to that victory on Sunday. What is Jones' status for this week? Here is Giants head coach Joe Judge. We're going to give him every opportunity to go on the practice field this week and show that he can defend himself you know, on the field properly. And uh, if that's the case, then we obviously want him to play. But we're going to make sure we do the right thing by him. Uh, look, I had to make the decision this week to go ahead and you know hold him out. He was a little disappointed because he's a competitive guy. But you know we've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday to get on the field. We'll see how he looks in there, and uh, we'll make the best decision for him. When you are a defensive player, B-Train, and I'm sure this popped up several times during the course of your career, when there is uncertainty as far as the quarterback that you are going to face, does it matter? Is there that much of a difference, or does it depend on who the starter is and who the backup is as far as if they're you know, complete opposites of one another? Well, the first thing you have to do, you have to take care of your own technique first and foremost, and then you start to worry about the personnel and who's going to be under center and, and what does that guy like to do? You first of all want to know if he's right-handed, if he's left-handed, if there's any kind of change in the philosophy of the team as far as the starter and the backup. And so if they're similar in their approach and if they're similar in their body structure, then there's not going to be much change in how you go about trying to uh, go after that particular quarterback. I know for myself, if a quarterback – had some sort of injury and I knew about it, we want to test him out. And, and for Daniel Jones, if he's going to play, uh, you want him running as much as you possibly can. So you design rushes to make him sprint out and, and, and run away from the rush and, and to see if, if he's indeed effective uh, in that respect. And so um, the Cardinals know that, that he's going to be not 100%, so they're going to try to find a way to – to exploit that, and, and it's only right. I mean, if there were weaknesses on the defensive front, the offense would try to find ways to exploit that as well. So uh, you don't want anybody to be uh, hurt, but uh, you, you definitely have to take advantage of, of the information that's given. And, and when you have those injury reports, uh, people are paying, are paying close attention because you want to know uh, what's going on with the individuals that you're going to be going up against. So, yeah, you, you give it a little attention, but you still have to go out and handle your own business. You know, oh, go ahead, MJ. No, I was going to say, you know, when you start looking at the Belichick coaching tree between Vrabel Bra- and Brian Flores and Joe Judge now, I mean, 
you look at Joe Judge's teams, and uh, he had a really hard training camp considering the rules, and players balked at first, but he wanted to change the culture. They don't beat themselves, and they're getting better as the season progresses. I mean, they're they're competitive in almost every single game, and right now they're sharing first place. We'll see what happens, you know, over the next couple of weeks, but... Again, um, you know, you, you just wonder, is he going to take the same kind of game plan that Flory's used and, and obviously Belichick because that's kind of what they are. I mean, and, and Patrick Graham is their defensive coordinator, and he's really getting some rave reviews uh, based on how that defense is playing. Leonard Williams had two and a half sacks against what Russell Wilson, their safeties, and their corners, James Bradbury and Logan Ryan, so you're not going against Jalen Ramsey this week. Cardinals got to try to exploit that secondary. Giants overall B-Train got to Russell Wilson five times and held the Seahawks to 4-15 on third and fourth down combined. How impressed are you by what the Giants defensively have done here during this 5-2 and two stretch? Oh, you have to be very impressed with what they're doing because I, I think they're the catalyst for this team having success. They're playing a physical style of football. They're, they're, they're bullying people. They're bullying the, the, the offense or the, the line of scrimmage on both sides, and, and that's what you want. And when the game slows down in the colder months, uh, you've got to be able to, to play physical football. You're not going to be able to throw the ball in certain weather and in certain surroundings, and so you have to be able to establish that run. And, and the one thing that they've been able to do uh, particularly with that Seattle game, they they really manhandled the front of Seattle, whether it was the offensive line or defensive line. And, and again, th- those are the games within the games. If you can win in the trenches, then you have a, a really good shot of, of winning that game overall. And, and that's what the Giants have, have leaned on here in recent history. And even though they don't have their top quarterback and top running back, uh, if you still are playing a physical style of football, you can – you can pick and plug in guys that can get the job done, and we've seen that with Colt McCoy and Gallman and, and the other running backs that they've used. Giants overall 5-7, and seven, first place in the NFC East. They are the four seed because someone in that division has to make the playoffs here in 2020, but the Giants are one of the hotter teams in the NFL right now, having won four in a row. The Cardinals, looking at the series history, they have won their last three visits to New York. We'll see if they can't make it four straights at MetLife Stadium on Sunday. On that note, we will put a lid on this edition of the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Special thanks to those behind the scenes, Senior Broadcast Manager and Producer Jim Omohundro, Technical Director Cody Fincher. A reminder, Cardinals and Giants, 11 a.m. is the kickoff coming up on Sunday. We will discuss that game in one week's time. For Mike Jarecki, Bertram Berry, I'm Craig Rayalu. This has been the Cardinals Red Sea Report on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Middle of the field of the end zone, Kirk, he got it. He's in, touchdown. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals Football Club. Oh.